0: You've always dreamed of luxury, that rare blend of impossible elegance. Like this handbag, for example. Beautiful, isn't it? But luxury is also a $300 million international market. World famous brands whose shops populate the most beautiful avenues of major capital cities. But behind the glamorous exterior, all that glitters is not gold. The back rooms of these luxury boutiques are hidden away on the other side of the Alps, in the heart of Tuscany. Hundreds of suppliers tanning leather for world-famous brands. With subcontracting galore, employees are overworked, or in this case, far worse. During our filming, we met some questionable bosses. Welcome to a rather chilling industry. We began our investigation on our home turf. After all, being in France, we have Paris. And in Paris, we have fashion week but of course you know all about fashion week star studded catwalk shows and some wannabe stars with a no 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 theme at Dior Gucci's dental chic with glitter happy smiling faces at Louis Vuitton It wasn't really the clothes that stood out to us. Have you noticed what each of the models is carrying? Handbags, of all shapes and sizes and at all prices, starting at $1,350. Accessories are more popular than ever. You only need to look at the figures. some of the major French brands, for example, we calculated the sales revenue from items such as handbags, wallets, and shoes. In short, leather goods. Here are the results. For Gucci, 74% of the brand's total revenue. For Yves Saint Laurent, 72%. 60% for Hermès. Voilà! You get the picture. In the world of luxury goods, leather means record-breaking profits. But where does this luxurious leather come from? According to our information, most of this raw material is tanned in Italy. We call up each tannery one by one. It takes a while. There are 700 in total. We ask the same question each time. Um,
1: Hi, I was wondering which brands does your tannery work for? sono
2: Non posso rivelare quali sono i nomi nostri non ci viene detto.
0: But some of the companies do play ball. And, 700 phone calls later, our map of luxury suppliers is starting to take shape. The phone calls have brought one surprising detail to our attention. These tanneries and subcontractors are located in one small area of Tuscany, just 36 square kilometers. Welcome to Santa Croce sul Arno, a noticeably less glamorous world than the luxury catwalks of Paris, where workers are not easily approachable. Clearly a rather secretive place. These are the luxury leather tanneries. They generate over a billion dollars in revenue each year and employ over 7,000 people. A small, very profitable part of Italy. We have been given permission to visit one of these tanneries. It's one of the largest in the region, the Zambri tannery. Carlo Rovini is the owner's right-hand man. He will be our tour guide he starts us off with the crown jewel the showroom finished products sent from the leather district tanned animal skins printed pressed and sold by the square meter these will henceforth be used in major brands manufacturing workshops to make handbags belts and shoes
3: I can say that we work, or we have worked at some point, with almost all of the big international fashion houses. Kenzo, Todd's, Polo Ralph Lauren, Tommy Hilfiger, the Louis Vuitton group, Chloé,
0: Isabelle Maron. Rovini is as proud as a peacock. Prestigious clients, happy employees, a tannery that's spick and span, and state-of-the-art equipment. Frankly, we were won over by our day at Zabri. Except that here they only perform the final stages of the tanning process, the rather more pleasant ones. Upstream, there's a whole chain of subcontractors carrying out dozens of tasks, more thankless tasks, allow us to explain. At the start of its life, a handbag looks like this. Next, the cowskin must be removed, with mountains of coarse salt poured on top of it to preserve it. Then, the cowhides are sent to the tanneries to begin a long, multi-stage process. During one of these stages, they are put into a kind of cement mixer, along with hydrogen sulfide, to remove all the fur. This is what produces the rotten egg smell that lingers throughout the area. They are then transferred to these big drums and soaked with chromium salts to stop the decomposition process. They are left out to dry. And then soaked again to soften. Then re-dried, then soaked again. I will spare you the details of the other 30 stages, but they are rather unpleasant and quite painful. Now that you've understood the huge number of stages involved and the number of subcontractors needed, let's go back to Zabri. Remember that the tannery claims to work for the LVMH Group and its luxury brand Kenzo. LVMH, the number one luxury goods conglomerate in the world, has developed a fairly strict code of conduct. No illegal or undeclared work. No excessive overtime. A duty to provide workers with a safe environment to reduce the risk of accidents in the workplace the luxury giants have codes of conduct just like this one that supposedly apply to their suppliers and any subcontractors hired by their suppliers. It seems like everything is under control in the world of luxury fashion. Every link in the chain is squeaky clean. And so we continue on our journey into this enchanting world. Good news, one of Zabri's subcontractors, thermoplac has agreed to let us visit meet the boss. His name is Alfonso Guerra. (laughs) Thermal Plaque specializes in drying animal skins. Large tanneries working for luxury brands such as Zabri send their leather here. Each animal hide weighs between 15 and 30 kilos. Workers carry hundreds of them every day. Most of the employees here are Senegalese, Alfonso Guerra is not the only one hiring Senegalese employees. You only have to come to the Leather District in the early hours of the morning to see them. Hundreds of unskilled workers whose jobs in the luxury goods sector are far from secure. This is what we are about to discover through the documents in this briefcase. Confidential data about the working conditions inside the tanneries. First up, temporary workers. Here are hundreds of short-term contracts signed off by various companies. And that's not all. An internal document from the Occupational Healthcare Department lists accidents at work by nationality. According to our calculations, foreign workers are affected twice as much as Italian workers. At the Department of Occupational Health, Dr. Iaya is in charge of the tannery sector. She has been fighting for employee health and safety for the past 15 years. According to her, there is a direct link between short-term contracts and accidents at work.
1: These workers are hired for a week, a day, an hour at a time. So nowadays, foreign tannery workers take these temporary, not to mention precarious contracts and lack working experience. They're much more likely to be victims of work-related
0: accidents so how is the issue of health and safety addressed at Termoplac? all day workers are handling animal skins soaked in chemicals alfonso guerra the perfect boss claims that he takes it upon himself to provide protective equipment who buys it for the workers It's not that we don't trust him, but we feel we need to hear another perspective. So, under the pretext of exploring the factory, we take the opportunity to ask a few questions filming with our hidden camera.
2: How long have you worked here?
0: I've been here a month. A month? Yeah.
2: Okay, and who gave you your protective equipment?
3: I bought it myself.
2: Ah, you bought it. It's not given to you. No, no. I see. How many hours do you work a day?
3: I work 13 hours a day.
0: 13 hours a day?
3: Don't disturb him while
0: he's working. The boss's son has come to intervene. Let him get back to work. In a factory like this, there is always a risk of accidents occurring. Fortunately, each machine has its own safety features. The law demands it.
2: Have there been any accidents?
4: There have been a few small incidents, but that's all. Mostly due to negligence or being a bit tired in the morning, but nothing serious.
2: So you've never had any amputations?
4: No, no. I'm really very careful about safety.
0: We're finding it harder and harder to believe Alfonso Guerra. After several days in Santa Croce, we gained the trust of an ex plaque worker. This man worked a Plaque in 2014 and claims that the boss, Alfonso Guerra, would sometimes disable the safety mechanisms on the machines to increase productivity. He lost three knuckles. He agrees to talk to us as a witness, provided he can remain anonymous.
3: That day, it was the first animal skin I'd ever worked on. I took it and put it inside the machine. I pressed down on the pedals, and the blade blocked. So I turned it around, put the skin back inside the machine, pressed down on the pedals, and it took my hand with it. Just like that. It got hold of my gloves and took off three of my knuckles. It was really tough. I cried all night long. The doctor asked me what had happened, and the boss wanted to lie about it. He lied, said it was something else. And I said, no, it was the machine.
2: What excuse did he give?
3: He said that a plank had fallen on my fingers, and that had cut my hand.
0: We met Czech and Foddy just two months after they had left Tamil This is what they claim to have received as a leaving present, a violent beating for having dared to demand payment. According to them, this was the work of Alfonso Guerra along with one of his sons. We'd
3: agreed to meet here to collect our payment. But when we arrived, Alfonso and one of his sons were here along with some others. There were six of them in total. They had iron bars, knives and everything. They attacked me and my friend too. They hit me over the head with an iron bar.
0: Fordi and Czech reported the incident the very next day, but Alfonso Guerra and his son have still not been called in for investigation. The two young men claimed they were undeclared workers and were forced to work under grueling conditions at Termalplug.
3: We were treated like animals. We couldn't do anything. We weren't even allowed to go to the toilet. If we wanted to pee, they told us to do it behind the machines, right where we were working. We worked from five in the morning until midday and then started again from 1 p.m. until 7 p.m., 13 hours a day. Guerra doesn't pay the Senegalese workers who are employed under him. Sometimes he doesn't pay them for four months at a time.
0: Since our meeting with Czech and Forde, Alfonso Guerra is said to have physically abused another one of his employees. As far as we know, he has still not been prosecuted. A few weeks later, we go back to Tamor Plank to see the boss. However, this time, we are not so well received.
2: Ciao, Alfonso. Hi, Alfonso. Alfonso. Alfonso, it's Zoe. Si. How are you? Fine. Fine. Hey,
4: I told you not to film me.
0: But I thought we agreed. No, we didn't agree anything. Okay, one of his sons quickly intervenes.
2: Okay.
0: And then another comes along despite the frosty reception. We attempt to ask about forty and check.
2: È vero o non
5: è vero? Sto facendo così qua. È vero o non è vero? Fatti i cazzi tua, vai via. È vero o non è vero? Per favore.
4: Non è vero un cazzo, fatti i cazzi tua. Sta riprendendo. Fatti i cazzi tua. Per favore. È
2: vero o non è vero? È vero o non è vero? Attacca subito. E, e,
3: e. Doucement, 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 doucement. Arrête. Doucement. On, on va via, on va.
0: Violent bosses, arduous working conditions in the elegant world of luxury fashion. We did not expect this. Fortunately, Italy has its Labour Inspectorate. Surely, they must be on the case. The problem is that, according to our information, they don't tend to visit the tanneries very often. Ever since Ricardo Spella was appointed at the end of 2014, there has been a dramatic decline in the number of inspections in the leather district. We only have one pressing issue to address here on our tablet.
3: They had iron bars, knives and everything. They attacked me and my friend too.
4: I don't know anything about this case. I repeat, as far as we're concerned, we don't know anything about it. Institutionally, in case of problems like these, we have a duty inspector.
2: So does that mean that after today, you aren't going to do anything about it unless one of these young men who were attacked traveled 30 miles to come and tell you about it in person?
4: I'm convinced that the actions taken by this office, even though there is always room for improvement, are more than sufficient.
0: Well, if everything's just fine around here. This is Venice for people that want to get in the room. For the inconvenience. And what about the contracting party? Are there no sanctions for them? Is Zabri, the model tannery claiming to work for LVMH, aware of the violent acts allegedly committed by its subcontractor? Because remember, Zabri and Thermoplak work hand in hand. We go back to meet Carlo Rovini to question him about the behavior of his subcontractor.
3: do you
2: still work with termoplank
3: no well we're in the process of changing some things with our subcontractors Mm
2: -hmm. because you told me that you were responsible for your subcontractors that you held them accountable
3: yes we're aware of the situation we do everything we can of course but also there are some things how can i say this
2: shouldn't you have some oversight
3: well yes of course we have to check that everything's going well but it's difficult to know if the employees have been paid or not and in any case they can make complaints to the police to the factory inspectors to the authorities.
0: What do those at the end of the supply chain think about this situation? We asked for an interview with the LVMH group, but they refused. All we received were emails stating the following. With regards to Kenza, we barely see any sign in our books of the company receiving leather from the Zabri tannery. Yet, when we ask Zabri, they maintain that this is one of their most important partnerships.
3: Kenzo most definitely uses our leather in their products. In recent years, we have made five, six, seven annual shipments directly to Kenzo. We have a long-standing working relationship.
2: Yeah. And it's still yes. ongoing?
3: Yes.
0: For at least the past three years, people have been aware of the sorts of problems taking place in Italian tanneries, short-term contracts, accidents at work, ever since one man brought these issues to light. He lives in the Tuscan countryside an hour's drive away from Santa Croce. His name is Francesco Gizuardi. He is the president of an Italian NGO fighting for fair labor conditions for some of the poorest workers and has written a report called A Tough Story of Leather. This report was authorized and funded by the European Commission. Its publication will no doubt provoke the wrath of many leather manufacturers.
4: They started to say that what we wrote was untrue. That there were, I don't know how many errors. So in the end, they discredited our report. Mm-hmm. They said it was obviously written by incompetent people who don't know anything about the sector. They're talking rubbish.
0: Mm-hmm. A group of manufacturers asked the European Commission to call in the authors of the report. In spring 2016, two meetings were organized in Brussels. With one man at the helm, Gustavo Gonzalez, representing Coton's, the European Leather Lobby.
4: Most of all, there was the guy from Coton's who spoke on behalf of the Tanners Association. He said this report must be taken out of circulation for good.
2: What was the European Commission's role? The strange
4: thing was that the European Commission didn't say, "Okay, let's see whose facts are really correct.
0: They just took the Tanners
4: Association's side.
0: A report backed by Brussels that they themselves later rejected. The European Commission won over by leather lobbyists. It seems like this story is well worth a trip to Belgium. Despite numerous email exchanges, Cortance's secretary-general, Gustavo Gonzalez, refused to meet with us. So we decided to pay him a surprise visit.
1: Hello, Mr. Gonzalez? Yes? I wanted to ask you some questions because we're just shooting in Santa Croce. Come in. Hey, be careful, sir, gently. No violence, please, sir, no violence. violence,
5: But I'm not being violent.
1: No, but you knocked over my cameraman. That's why I'm saying that.
5: You almost pushed me over.
1: No, that's not true. But we've just come back from filming in Santa Croce, in Italy, and we've witnessed large numbers of people working overtime, undeclared workers, accidents that haven't been reported. I know you're aware of this report, a tough story of leather. It was published in 2016, and it highlights some of the untoward practices in certain tanneries around Santa Croce. It states that twice as many immigrants have been victims of accidents at work than Italian workers. Do you think this is acceptable? Hey, guys.
5: Because first of all, the tough story of Leather Report was discredited because it was spreading false information, fake news, fake news.
1: No, it was based on occupational medicine statistics over a five year period.
5: Occupational medicine statistics over five years? I can assure you that's not the case.
1: Yes, it is the case, Mr. Gonzalez. Excuse me, but according to these figures.
5: You seem to be basing your argument on something that's been discredited. It was made up of fake news.
1: Uh, but according to our information, it has not been discredited, as you say. It was actually you who tried to cover up this report. Excuse me? Yes, it was you.
5: Who tried to cover it up? No, no. All we did was reveal the truth behind the lies that were presented in the report.
1: So is this statement a lie to you, that during a five-year period, according to occupational medicine statistics, twice as many immigrant workers were victims of occupational accidents than Italian workers? Do you deny these statistics?
5: I don't think they are correct.
1: You don't think they're correct?
5: No, no, because they aren't real statistics.
1: So you dispute these statistics, but it was you, yes or no, who demanded that the commission remove this report from the Internet?
5: Yes, because it is false.
1: It is false that twice as many immigrant workers are victims of occupational accidents than Italian workers?
5: We would need to verify
1: that. You don't know?
5: No, no, you're elaborating the figures here. I need to check.
1: So tell me then, what part of the report is false?
5: There was a whole list of points presented to the commission. Such as? I don't remember all the individual points that were made to prove the report was false.
1: There must be one or two false things that you remember.
5: (sighs) Madam... I'm getting old.
0: Goodbye. When it comes to big fashion houses and their leather, getting answers is decidedly difficult. But what about fur, the other iconic luxury material? China is the world's top fur producer. If you really want to see what this industry looks like, you need to go to Daiying. In the vast expanse of China, Daiying is a very small town, home to 100,000 residents and 10,000 businesses, all linked to fur. There are shopping malls full of fur coats and slippers. There's the mink fur showroom. And most importantly, we have the city's emblem, the fox. How ironic. You can also go to the fur market three times a month. Tens of thousands of animal skins all different shapes and sizes. (laughs) That's raccoon skin. At ridiculously low prices. This one here is 25 yuan a piece. It's the best in the market. You won't find any better. 25 yuan. That's just over $3 per animal skin. In China, 70 million animals are killed for their fur each year, and animal welfare isn't the country's top priority. Chi Tzu Ching works for Peter, the world famous NGO best known for its crackdowns on fur. This young activist is at the forefront of the fight against fur in China, a country which is now Peter's top priority.
1: Animals are not protected. There are no laws to control farming livestock and trade. Uh, of course there are other organizations like ours fighting against animal suffering but because there's no law we don't have an official spokesperson these animals don't have any protection or rights from when they're farmed right up until when they're killed
2: can you describe the hygiene there Uh... I I don't know if I'm clear with that.
1: The animals urinate and defecate in their cages. Some may develop skin diseases because they're cooped up inside. Some of them go crazy to the point where they attack each other. We've seen bite marks on their skin from other animals. As soon as you enter these farms, you are hit by a foul smell.
2: It's stifling. And
1: nobody cleans the
2: animals.
0: But which companies do these farms work for? Do major European brands use them? In this luxury fashion mall in Beijing, there's plenty of choice of fur. fur cuffs, scarves, or these strange-looking fluff balls to be clipped onto bags. We head to Max Mara, an Italian brand with 2,600 stores worldwide. We even try on this lovely little jacket. What's this coat made of?
2: Huh? Rabbit fur. This is where and where was it made
0: In Italy okay. uh, no actually it was made in China but with Italian fur uh, Italian fur that's the first version we are told next the store manager comes over
1: our fur comes from a certified organization in Denmark saga furs all of their fur is of good quality as it's a certified organization each fur has to be checked And that's why their fur is so good.
0: We always work with them. Mm. Italian fur, or rather Danish fur, or maybe, we're not so sure anymore. After leaving the mall, we decide to go straight to the source. We email Max Mara's customer service, pretending to be a client, and ask them directly. This was their response. We would like to inform you that our company is firmly committed to a process of continuous growth and improvement of our products, regardless of where they are manufactured. Furthermore, with regards to our fur, we can confirm that we only source from certified suppliers. The answer is not very clear. To move forward with our investigation, we have no choice but to take a new approach. We head back to Da fur city, following the trail of the Max Mara rabbit fur jacket. But this time we are posing as fashion designers. We've even created a portfolio. From now on, we will be filming discreetly, sometimes with a hidden camera. We will go around factories making connections, talking sketches and the ordering process but we cannot seem to find anyone working for Max Mara. Then one morning across this courtyard, we stumble upon a clothing manufacturer. Bingo, we finally found the rabbit fur jackets of this luxury Italian brand.
3: We are one of the top Max Mara suppliers in China.
0: Do you work with them often?
3: We've worked with them for years.
0: The boss is extremely proud of his Max Mara connections. We'll call him Mr. Lee. So, our Max Mara jacket is not made of Italian or Danish fur, it is from China.
2: Is this Chinese rabbit?
0: Yes, from Shandong. We finally have our answer, but this is just the beginning. We've still not found the exact breeding farms. And we are yet to convince the boss to introduce us to his suppliers. We are not off to a good start.
3: My fur doesn't all come from the same farm. It's not worth going to see the farms, trust me. Max Mara doesn't go and visit suppliers. You can inspect the fur right here.
2: There's no
4: point in going all the way to the farms. You know that the breeding conditions are bad. You're only going to see dirty
3: animals. We don't purchase the fur directly from the farm.
0: We only buy ready tanned fur. Mr. Li only knows of one tannery, where he sources his fur. After two hours of negotiating, he finally gives us the go-ahead.
4: Fine. You can go visit the Huasi tannery. The manager will welcome you there.
0: Huasi is 250 kilometers north of Dying. Huasi is home to the country's largest tannery. At the entrance, piles of raccoon furs lie drying in the sun. And further on, thousands of rabbit skins. How many furs do you produce
2: per day?
5: In this part of the factory, we produce 10,000 furs a day. But during peak times, we can do up to 30,000 or more.
0: 3,000 employees work in this factory, immersed in the nauseating stench of rotting carcasses. The animal skins arrive from all over the country and sometimes even from Northern Europe. These workers, and above all their salary, are one of the secrets behind our beloved Max Mara jacket. Our interpreter talks discreetly to one of the employees. He earns 20 fen per animal skin,
1: and he produces 1,000 a day. So he earns about
0: 200 yuan a day. 200 Chinese yuan, barely $30 a day, not even minimum wage in China. Let's go back to the rabbits. At the back of the factory, we find the furs set aside for Mr. Li.
2: Is this where you choose your fur for the Max Mara products?
3: Yes, I use some of it for Max Mara, and I resell the rest.
0: How many furs do you buy a year for Max Mara?
3: 50,000.
0: Mr. Lee finally tells us where he gets his fur from.
3: My trade merchant gets it for me, from Lin Yi City.
2: You must really like the fur from Lin Yi.
3: Yes, it's very soft.
0: This is Mr. Li's trade merchant. He is the one who buys the fur for Max Mara in the more remote provinces.
4: I only get fur from Lin Yi for Mr. Li.
0: If we want to visit the rabbit breeding farms, it is him we have to convince.
2: Do you think we could come with you to Lin Yi?
0: Finally, after much discussion, we have found our ticket to Ligny. This region is one of the main rabbit supply zones, breeding farms as far as the eye can see. Thanks to Mr. Lee's connections, we go into one of them. This farm houses approximately 10,000 animals. Multiple rabbits are often crammed together into one tiny cage.
1: There's
5: no more room. Once I've sold a few rows, I'll be able to have one rabbit per cage.
0: Here, there are no hygiene laws for farm owners. On another farm we find the same breeding conditions. Animal droppings are left to pile up around the cages. Some of the rabbits show signs of breathing problems. Others have behavioural issues, tumours, deformities. For those rabbits destined for luxury, life couldn't get much worse. We are far far away from Max Mara's elliptical phrase, we can confirm that we only source from certified suppliers. But all this is nothing compared to the death of the animals. Thanks to our fur merchant, we are allowed to enter the Lin Yi slaughterhouse. That noise you can hear is the sound of rabbits screeching. Their legs are often broken as they are hung upside down at the start of the slaughtering process. Next, they are slaughtered. And less than one minute later, they are skinned. These are the skins used in Mr. Lee's factory. This is the fur that ends up covering, amongst other items, our Max Mara jacket. Is this luxury brand aware of the conditions in which these rabbits are forced to live and die? The same rabbits used to make their fur coats? We tried to get an interview with Max Mara, but they refused. As our investigation comes to an end, we no longer see the world of luxury in quite the same way. The tanneries of Tuscany, the breeding farms and slaughterhouses of China. After all of this, we are left with one question. What if this beautiful image of luxury has been nothing but a dream?